The NBA trade market is bubbling. The rumors are flying. But what teams are really here to play and which are hamstrung and can't get involved? That's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Today on Locked on Jazz, we're going to run through what teams have picks, what teams have money, what teams have players, what teams are really involved in this trade market with all these rumors flying crazily around the NBA right now. And then we give the landscape for what the Utah Jazz are trying to participate in, if in fact they really are. Plus, this road trip ahead is a very, very good test. First, we'll touch on a really cool story that's floating here in the Cleveland, Ohio story. I am David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen. We are free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube. Please subscribe, follow the show. If you're on YouTube, hit that little bell button. That notifies you whenever we have a premiere coming up, which we premiere every single show. So that lets you know that that is there for you and lets you know that we are going to have a show coming up so that you can catch it right away. So please hit that bell button. Uh, thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen, and thank you very much to the everydayers out there. Uh, to the guy who made me laugh hysterically, who talked about Brian Peacock, Locked on 49ers, myself, and Jay Catch, Locked on BYU, all um, claiming the first listen every day. You got me to laugh out loud very, very hard. All right. Before we dig into the trade market, what I'm going to do, by the way, is we're going to run through each team, what they have salary. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Um, and then number two, we're going to uh, we're going to look at uh, this upcoming rule trip. Um, so anyway, um, the cool thing here uh, is that Sam Merrill is the story right now. Utah State's Sam Merrill, who last year spent most of the year um, it, in the with the charge in Cleveland, is up because of the Darius Garland injury and is absolutely uh, kind of thri- thriving as of uh, had 18 points career high and hit th- just was got uh, just completely unfazed by being in a. Um, overtime NBA game like the guy's a veteran he's been around for a long long time and he absolutely killed it the other day it was really really cool um so that's just kind of the number one story here everyone's talking about is Sam Merrill which is which is really really fun um all right so let's get to our topic today the the biggest change is the new CBA basically has a hard cap it's a soft hard cap and you just can't have endless spendings. And there's this thing called the second apron. And no one's going to want to go above the second apron. And then the second thing is even the first apron has a little bit of an issue there. The third thing is that there's a minimum salary. The first apron, by the way, is about $7 million above the luxury tax. And teams that are above that have some level of restrictions. They're unable to sign buyout players. Um... They uh, they can only match up to 110% of salaries on trades. 
So it, they get, it gets restricted. The second apron, which is kind of the big story, is $17.5 million above the luxury tax. And that, and that's a lot. Okay, first of all, so you have to be pretty far over. But that starts to just totally restrict. You lose a, a first-round draft pick. Seven, that pick is frozen seven years out. If you stay over that tax, you lose it. Um, you cannot, your, your first-round draft picks can't be traded down the road. Um, you, your restriction, your m- money in which you're going to be able to make your trade is even more restricted. Um, on the other hand, the final one is the underspenders, or what I don't know, you want to call it, call it the basement. You actually have to be at 90% of all salary now in the NBA. So those three things are impacting the trade deadline. I think a great, great deal here. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And obviously the tax rates are more significant in 23 and 24 and 24, 25. They're one level than 25 and 26. And they change. Um, if you're over 10 million, it gets to be like three dollars and 50 cents in 25, 26. Right now it's only 250. It's kind of the same as what it was. So that doesn't change for two years into this. Um, and the repeater tax doesn't change until 25, 26. So this is a little bit also kind of, one, one, two last windows before all of the rules totally go into effect. Um, so, it, it, I do think it's going to hamstring the trade deadline a little bit. Um, and I, I don't want to like bore it with all the details, but that, that's kind of the overall thing. The other thing I think it's going to do here in regards to hamstringing the trade deadline a little bit is because of the new collective bargaining agreement. I think there's a bunch of teams that have unique rosters right now. For example, Denver, where they have all these big contracts and then they don't have they don't have kind of the mid-level guys. And so it's harder for them to trade. So right now, the only team with cap space is Indiana has $6 million of cap space. Um, the second apron teams, Golden State's $26 million and probably wants to get under it. The Clippers are 17 million and probably want to get in there. They can do that pretty easily. And the, the teams that are over the first apron, there's a there's a bunch of them. Um, and I don't know that teams will really want to get under that at this point. But those the Clippers and the Warriors, I think you could see actually look, particularly the Warriors, to shed some salary here. And the Jazz might be able to take advantage of that. Okay. So that's another that's another scenario. Um, that takes place here. So we'll keep an eye on, on those things. All right, so what I want to do today is just going down the standings. So we'll start with Boston, who has the best record in the NBA. And then we'll, we'll, we'll actually, Minnesota now has the best record in the NBA. Don't want to, don't want to, don't want to short shift. So we'll start with Minnesota. And Minnesota's actually a really good example of kind of where I think these teams are. So if we look at Minnesota, they're not training Gobert, Towns, Conley, Anthony Edwards, Nas Reed. Kyle Anderson gets to be their first contract. They might be willing to trade is at $9 million. And Shake Milton's at 6 I don't think they're trading Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's been incredible for them at 4.5. They might trade Troy Brown at 4 And then they have a bunch of $2 million contracts. So if you, if you start looking at Minnesota, Minnesota has about $20 million that they could trade. Okay, Kyle Anderson, Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr. But... They can't trade their 2024 pick because their 2025 pick's coming to us. They can't trade their 2026 pick because it's in a pick swap. They can't trade their 2027 pick because it's coming to us. They can't trade their tw- they can trade their 2028 pick. No, they can't because they trade their 2027. So they have no picks they can trade. This 
becomes the reoccurring theme. So if Minnesota wants to upgrade their roster right now, they're, they have no picks to move, and they're moving Kyle Anderson, Shake Milton, or Troy Brown Jr. Like, that doesn't move anyone's meter. There's no young developing team that's willing to give up a player and have that be what they get back, right? We have no, if you're the Jazz, like, there's zero interest in, in that. I mean, maybe maybe from a contract standpoint, they eat some money and you, you move someone and you're out of from under contracts and gives you a little bit more financial freedom. Okay, there, there would be the scenario. So Minnesota's going to have a hard time making deals. This is going to be the reoccurring theme here. Is that I think this market, as exciting as it sounds, and obviously if Cleveland decides to unload Donovan, which has been a big talk around here, then that's, you know, <clears throat> and, and something like that. And Oklahoma City, and there are, some, there are some teams that can really play here. We'll get to them in a second. All right, let's get to Boston. They're not trading Drew Holiday. They're not trading Chris Tapps. They're not trading Jason Tatum. They're not trading Jalen Brown. They're not trading Derek White. I doubt they're trading Al Horford. So now they have Peyton Pritchard at four million, Luke Cornett at two, Brissett at two, McKaylick at two, Lamar Stevens at two, Dalen Banton at two. Like this is the issue. This is exactly what Denver runs into. So they can move like maybe ten million if they coddle a bunch of players together, but you actually don't get all that in the trade because there's roster expectations on their end. Boston can play around with picks. They have the Warriors pick this year, top four protected. In 2024, or actually uh, 5 through 30, they get it via Memphis. Um, top four protected, I think. Um, in 2025, they have their pick. Boston has all their picks. 2026, 2027, they have a pick swap on the Derek, Derek White deal. In 2028, and in Portland, their pick goes to 29. But Boston has the freedom to trade their 2026, their 2025, and their 2024, but, so that'd be that'd be interesting. But unless they include Al Horford, they've only got Peyton Pritchard at four, Luke Cornett at two, Brissett at two, Mihailuk at two, Stevens at, like, can they coddle enough money together to go get a player? Gets really complicated. And obviously, I'm only looking at one-on-one deals. But here we go. We're two teams in. Two top teams record in the NBA, and I'd say neither of them have anything they're bringing to the trade market that's at all interesting, right? That's true. That that's a little bit of what I'm talking about. Okay, we'll continue. There are some teams in there that will play, but it's not the 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 names on the market are exciting. The actual teams that can come to the party seems like it's a really difficult scenario. We're, we're just getting started. We got a lot more to look at. Plus, we'll look at this road trip coming up as well. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Intercap Lending. Steve Carter is just simply the greatest. He is our own personal loan officer. Intercap is a Utah-based but not Utah-only lending company that does amazing work. And really, why do they? what is a lending company that does amazing work? I mean, if you really think about lending to some extent, like one place doesn't have great, better rates than necessarily, and someone else, they might have some more creativity. It's really about customer service, and there's really, truly nobody better than Steve Carter. It's why I've gone to Steve Carter twice. It's why um, we've seen my CEO or COO go to uh, Steve Carter twice. Um, So really, absolutely uh, the best customer service you can ever imagine over at Intercap. That's what I would tell you. And it really has been um, one of the great things is to to be able to uh, have Steve Carter as a 
locked on um, kind of connection for us because of the fact that it gives you guys such incredible customer service. So if you're going to go, if you need a loan, tough market right now, interesting market too. You want somebody who's great, and that's what we've got for you. We've got Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, and I will make sure that we get you your own personal loan officer, and we will make sure that you get that great experience that everybody talks about with Steve Carter. So email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, or if you don't want to involve me, you can call Steve at 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465, Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time, the official gaming uh, ticket app of Locked On, and where I just went and got my Christmas present, as I mentioned yesterday, for those of you who are with us. Game Time does three things that I really, really like if I'm looking to buy tickets. One, they give me a picture of what the ticket, where the ticket is. That's vital to me if I'm going to do it. Two, they it's easy. It's just a few taps on your app, and the tickets are already in my Google wallet. Boom. Okay. Two, I'm an Android guy, sorry. Uh, two, and three, they give me the 110% price guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section in row for last game time, will credit 110% of the difference to me. Those three things are things I want when I'm using a ticketing app because I don't want to go search other apps. I don't want to get surprised by where I'm sitting. And so you can do that with game time. Go to game time, uh, create an account, and redeem your uh, $20 off with the promo code Locked On NBA. Download the game time app today. Last minute ticket deals as well. Lowest price guarantee. It's all at game time. As we continue today on Locked On Jazz, thank you very much for being Locked On Jazz, your first listen every single day. There is great content up on Jazz Plus right now, by the way. Um, if you guys have not already jumped on to Jazz Plus and been a part of it, there's absolutely fabulous content. Holly's doing a bunch of really good interviews. Um, Shoot Your Shot with Will Hardy's really fun. So there's a lot of really, really fun content on Jazz Plus. The other one I would tell you um, is holiday packs are available at utahjazz.com. So if you're kind of in the market trying to find that last ticket for someone, uh, that's a that's a great opportunity for you. Okay, let's go back to, let's go to Milwaukee. Third best record in the NBA. Just made their big Dame Lillard trade. And they run, we run into the exact same circumstance here where they're not trading Giannis, they're not trading Dame. Chris Middleton, I actually wonder whether they might be willing to trade at 30 million. That would be the wild card there. Brooke Lopez, 25. Bobby Portis at 11, maybe. Pat Connaughton at 9, maybe. But then they're done. Bochamp's at 2 million. Crowder's at 2. Robin Lopez at 2. Campaign's at 2. Malik Beasley's at 2. Picks. They're pick-swapped this year. So, with New Orleans on the Drew Holiday deal, they can't do that. The Knicks have their 2025 pick. They can't do that. 2026, their pick swap with New Orleans. Can't do that. 2027, New Orleans has their pick. 2028, they're pick swapping with New Orleans. 2029, Portland has their pick. They're done. So they could trade you Chris Middleton or Bobby Portis. And again, unless you're trying to get out of salary, I don't know why you do it. And with Chris Middleton... You've got 29 this year, 31 next year, and a player option for 34 in 2025. You're not saving money. And the same thing with Bobby Portis, 12 million and 13. I I don't see, maybe I do not get it. I do not see how Milwaukee plays. 
I think it's too hard. So I got bot three top teams right now. Almost impossible for them to play. Let's go to Philadelphia. They get a little more interesting. Okay, they're not trading Embiid. They're not trading Maxi. They have Marcus Morris Sr. at $17 million on their books. That's a tradable entity. They have Batum at 11, Covington 11, Melton at 8 million, Reed at 7, Korkmaz at 5, Maxi, they're not trading, House at 4. They can cobble together 20 some odd million. They, they could co- cobble together stuff. And they have their own 2024. Their 2025 is protected and goes to Oklahoma City, as does their 2026. Their 2026 is also the less favorable of Houston, the Clippers, and Oklahoma City. So they're more hamstrung than you would think. 2027, top four protected, if not already settled with Oklahoma City from the year four. Top eight goes to Oklahoma City, so they're hamstrung on that. And then they got a Brooklyn deal in 2028 where they they have the, but they have the Clippers pick in 2028 they could trade. Philadelphia's got some interesting things. They have their 2024. They have an Oklahoma City pick in 2026 that's the less favorable of three. They have a 2028 Clippers pick. But they don't really have their own picks. But they do have that salary, right? Like, you, it, I, I, there are guys you would trade for Marcus Morris, the Clippers' twenty twenty eight pick, and get eighteen million and for eighteen million, and maybe you add another player to get to twenty one twenty two million. Like that's actually, that's a real trade. I would expect that Marcus Morris Senior seventeen million and that Clippers pick have a really high probability of being moved. Would be my take. All right, let's get to Oklahoma City. They're the most exciting team out there. They're going to be the one rumored to everything, but no one knows whether they're ready to go all in or not. So Oklahoma City, first of all, is not bent. They have Davis Perton, $17 million they can play with. They probably, for the right player, are willing to move Lou Dort for $15 million. Mitchick is making seven. Giddy, they might be willing to move, actually. Kendrick Williams making six. Pokashevsky's making five. Like, they can piece together 23, even $30 million worth of salary to trade. And then they got picks galore. Like, we don't have to get into all of it, but they have the Rockets, the Jazz, and their own pick this year. I don't know that they can trade a protected pick. So this year, they have... They have their least favorable of theirs and some others because there's some pick swaps involved. 2025, they have a combination of like five possible picks, one of them being ours. Um, 2026, they've got a cadre of picks. 2027, they have three. 2028, they can trade. Oklahoma City's a player here. We just don't know if Oklahoma City's ready. So we found a player. And I do think Philadelphia, I think that Marcus Morris senior trade contract gets moved. Let's go to Denver. Not trading Jokic, not trading Murray, not trading Porter, not trading Gordon, not trading Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And this is where they just are totally get hamstrung. Reggie Jackson's making five. Zeke Naji's making four. 
Christian Brown, and they probably don't want to move in. Julian Strother, they want to move their player control. Peyton Manning's under player control. are making two to three. Like, they can trade for, like, $12 million a player salary. If they're staying, I mean, there's 110, whatever their margin is, they can increase it slightly, but you got the concept, right? Like, you're in that, you have to be in that ballpark. From a pick standpoint, they have their own 2024. Orlando has their 2025 protected, one through five. They have their 2026 if the year before settled. And then they got an Orlando-Oklahoma City thing in 2027 that gets a little tricky. And 2028 is going to Oklahoma City and 2029 is going to Oklahoma City. I think it was maybe the Jeremy Grant deal. Not sure. Um, not sure what deal that is. Um, but so they already, they, they're actually a little hamstring on picks too. They can trade 2024. So Denver, I, it'd be hard to play. Sacramento. This one gets interesting, particularly because ownership is, until recently, has always been a little tricky on what where they are, whether they're how involved they are. They've really let Morris do his job. He's done a great job. Um, let's look at Sacramento. So they're not trading De'Aaron Fox. They're not trading Sabonis. But Harrison Barnes, seventeen million, is being talked about a lot. Kevin Herter, fifteen million, is being talked about. I don't think they would trade Malik Monk at ten. They're certainly not trading Keegan Murray at eight. But Trey Lyles is at eight. Vizenkov's at six if they have to. Davion Mitchell, they certainly would move at five. They got plenty of salary to move. Their picks are a little encumbered because they have the Kevin Herter pick going to Atlanta 15 through 30 this year in all likelihood, so that's not there. Their 2025 pick is available if they have settled that with Atlanta, but I don't think they can trade that until it's settled. And the same thing with 2026. They do have... They're 2027, they're 2029, and they're 2028. Like, I mean, what's interesting on someone like Sacramento, the same thing with Oklahoma City, and this is where, like, the Lowry talk started. Like, if they suddenly show up and say, we'll give you 2027, 2029, 31, and 33, I don't know how far out they can trade. First round unprotected, like, you're doing it. Like, I think. Crazy. I'd hate to do it. But, I, I mean, like, if someone, and if you suddenly put Lowry marketing on one of those two teams, like, yeah, they might win the title. And that gets really to be an interesting discussion. It's why that rumor started. I don't think that rumor is the Jazz out there shopping it, but that's why that rumor started. Someone looked around and said, oh, wait, <clears throat> Lowry Markin could win someone a title. Lowry Markin's really, really good. He could he could win someone a title. And I think that's where that, that rumor started. Dallas is a little limited. Clippers, we probably should touch on at some point, but they're limited with picks. And that kind of wraps up. Both sides of the equation, unless you think the Knicks or Orlando or Miami is about to do something. The Knicks have their picks. They may have to try to go all in on something. But those, that was the top seven teams in the NBA right now. And I think the 76ers can do something. I think the Thunder can do something if they want to. I think, and the Kings can do something. But you can see the market's hamstrung. Are the Pels, the Mavs, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns are very hamstrung. And the Warriors may unload some salary. 
which makes the Warriors an interesting possibility. All right, we'll look at this upcoming road trip because I do think it's an interesting one for the Utah Jazz um, as we continue here next on Locked on Jazz. Time now for our eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit of the Week along with the absolutely fabulous, totally terrific, number one fantasy host in the country, Josh Lloyd. So let's get into it. eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit, Josh Lloyd helping your fantasy team with their Guaranteed fit. Five players this week, Josh Lloyd talks about. Brandon Podominski of the Golden State Warriors, starting for Andrew Wiggins and looks good. Tari Eason, he played a lot in the Rockets Cavaliers game um, and has a valuable fantasy per minute option. Um, Grayson Allen with Bradley Beal out is back starting and getting nice usage. James Wiseman is getting big numbers and big moments um, with Isaiah Stewart out in Detroit. That's our next opponent. And Malachi Branham sets to be the starter for the Spurs short term at least. He's flashed some increased passing skills and increasing his fantasy viability. Those are all Josh Lloyd's eBay Motors guaranteed fits of the week. If you're eBay Motors... It's an incredible site, 122 million parts for your ride or die. You can make your ride stay running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your basic needs. eBay Motors has it. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. I use it for my van. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Thank you to Josh Lloyd and thank you to eBay Motors for the eBay Motors guaranteed fit of the week. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. If you have not caught into our national feed, I actually watch it uh, here in the hotel. You can catch it on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. Takes you in the biggest stories. I loved it yesterday. Got a story on uh, all the biggest stories that were going on. Got the Seahawks' Corbin Smith breakdown on their big win over the Eagles. Got a really, really good uh, Joe Mullenix episode with Locked On Grizzlies before John Morant. How about that last night? You catch that last night? John Morant, in his return, hits the game winner. That was crazy. He was so good, too. And then Golden State, no longer dead. Steph Curry, 33-132-126 over Boston last night. There's a lot to talk about. Um, and Portland beat Phoenix. <clears throat> Phoenix suddenly having a little harder time than they want. That's with Durant and Booker. Uh, and Durant had 40 last night, and they lost. So, um Portland's not bad when they have when they have Portland has Brogdon and Grant. They're pretty good. All right. Interesting road trip for us. Five gamer. We actually come home for Christmas. Thank you to Will Hardy and the staff for allowing that to happen. It's very humane and appreciative. Cleveland is good, but they're without Darius Garland and they're without Evan Mobley right now. So they're not world beaters. They're two and zero in these circumstances. They're really, really good defensively, but they're not as good defensively right now. So, and then Donovan is their offense. Sam Merrill had a career high, made a bunch of plays. Um, I think what's super interesting about Cleveland is, and this one is I'm assuming we're going to go boxing one on Donovan. Let's see how he deals with it. But Cleveland's defense has been bad for four straight games now. 
So the defensive juggernaut that is Cleveland is not what they are. Their offense has been great the last two games. Their offense has been in the 130s their last two games without uh, Mobley and Garland. Uh, And they've been beasts on the glass at about a 40% offensive rebounding rate. So there's one. And Detroit, 24-game losing streak on a back-to-back with our road struggles. It's just a bad script. Let's hope we get through it. And then we go to Toronto's not great. So it's really interesting. Like, we've not been a very good road team. We've played a lot of really good teams on the road and had some ugly nights out there. Um, and Toronto's not defending at all right now. Um, and they're, they've lost, I think, five of their last seven. So these are games that you play well, you hit a bunch of shots, you stay engaged. You should be in them and play well, and it's road basketball. Then we go to the Spurs, who've lost 22 of their last 23. And then we wrap up with the Pelicans, who are the most hit and miss you know, we beat them twice over the top one minute. You think they're the world beaters and the next minute they lose to Memphis after being up by 21. I mean, so it's a really fascinating five game trip right now for the Utah Jazz, all of which I think are games that they should be in. Fatigue's going to hit us at some point. This is a little bit of a funky run here schedule wise um, that I think could be tough. Just we played that one home game and like I know I went to bed last night super early and I often feel like I represent a little bit of where the team feels. Um so I was pretty wasted yesterday in a weird way, just traveling again. Uh, but I, it, it's really interesting. Like Cleveland's got going to have the best player on the floor in Donovan. And then Detroit won't, have, and they can't score. So if we can score, we should be all right. And then you end up with Toronto, who just plays aggressively, and they're long, and they're athletic, and they're longer than we are. But they have a hard time scoring. Um, And then San Antonio's. Not been very good or not trying to win. Can't figure out which. And finally, New Orleans. Really interesting five-game trip. Like, I mean, if you go 0-5, it'd be really, like, be a huge bummer. You'd lost to Detroit and San Antonio. You go to 2-3, and three and you're like, okay, yeah, we're really competitive. Like Will Hardy said it the other night, like, I think we can be competitive. I think this group as it is right now can be competitive. And I think this is a really interesting stretch to see whether or not that's true because we can be competitive when we have the home court and altitude on our side. And this is a test to find out whether we can be competitive when we're on the road. So it's really interesting. Should be fun. And I get you, most of you, on your drive homes this week because I love East Coast games because we have more radio listeners. So I look forward to talking to you then. Ron and I will be on it. We'll have fun. We'll laugh a lot. Hopefully you'll join us. Have a great night or a great day. Thank you very much for joining us. And now we send you over to the first ever 24-7 national sports feed on YouTube, Locked on Sports Today. And if you're on audio, please make that jump yourself and do it. Have a great day.